Hi, good morning, church. Peace be with you. Praise the Lord. It's an honor for me to share with you the Word of God today. And it's such an honor, and I feel so glad to be able to partake the ministry of the Holy Spirit with you together. Do you know normally who benefited the most from a sermon? Pastor. <laughs> yes. The speaker himself or herself. Because we have to be so convicted and touched by the message ourselves so that we can be a blessing to you. And the Lord has to work within us before He can work through us to bless the people who hear the word. So this morning, I'm going to share with you from John chapter 21, verse 1 to 19, a passage that has sustained me many years in ministry. It's about following Jesus in the midst of our failures, weakness, fear, and yet we still follow Jesus with a passionate love. And I understand that in this season, the church is equipping everyone to serve. We do not stop at saying, I love Jesus. I know more about Jesus. I know a little bit more from the Bible. No, we don't stop at that. We put our belief into action. In other words, if I love Jesus, I spread His love in action. Therefore, today's message, I entitled it to be, Follow Me, a simple yet powerful command from the Lord. Follow Me. John chapter 21 is an epilogue because it brings closure to the whole gospel of John. Chapter 1 to chapter 20 is actually asking us to believe in Jesus and His work. But chapter 21, to ask us follow Jesus based on what we believe about Him, is to witness for Jesus and to feed His sheep. Verse 1 to 19 is, is quite a long passage. I would like to invite you to open up your Bible it can be your phone, it can be your Bible, and follow me along as I share the message. But I would like to summarize it in three parts. Verse 1 to 14 is about the resurrected Christ now appear for the third time to the disciples. He was standing at the shore and he directed the seven of them to put the net at the water so that they can catch a net full of large fish. And he also provided lunch for them. Ah, breakfast. I think I'm hungry. And verse 15 to 17 is about Jesus restoring Peter and recommissioned him to carry out the commission given to him. And verse 18 to 19 is that Jesus indicated to Peter he's going to die a martyr's death. And yet Jesus asked him, follow me. So let us dive into the story now. In the first part, we shall see that Jesus provides to the needs of the disciples. Before this event, the resurrected Christ has appeared two times with the disciples, but he no longer with them the same way before. He no longer 
eat together with them, sleep together with them, walk together with them. So now Peter, together with six other, six other disciples, they went back to do fishing. I think Peter kind of lost his direction as a disciple of Christ. Well, they toiled for a whole night and they caught nothing. And Jesus appeared at the shore and asked them to throw the net at the right side or left side of the boat. Those who are reading the Bible now. The right side. Yes, I'm testing you. Huh? <laughs> threw at the right side of the boat and they truly they caught a net full of large fish. This event sounds familiar. Because three years ago, before this event, after a long night of working in vain, Peter caught nothing. And Jesus came before him and asked him to throw out the net into the deep water. Reminds me of just now we sing the song Ocean. Eh? And Peter obeyed and he caught so many fish that the net began to break. And Jesus told Peter right and then, follow me and I will make you fisher of men. So Peter and other disciples left everything and followed Jesus since then. And now this similar encounter happened again. We believe Jesus was reminding them that, hey, I'm the same master before and after my death. And my mission for you Stay the same. Be fishers of men. And as Jesus calls, he provides. And he not only provides, he provides abundantly. Because the net was full. Moreover, Jesus not only provided the catch, Jesus even provided the breakfast for them. How thoughtful is our Lord Jesus? He knew the disciples have been toiling the whole night, must be very hungry, like me right now. So he fed them bread, he fed them with fish. It's a very heartwarming scene. Imagine Jesus is making breakfast for you. So brother and sisters, do you remember the time that God first called you to follow him? It may be many years ago. How God has sustained you. When God calls, He provides. But sometimes He allows us to toil the whole night and caught nothing. And yet, He will appear in the morning. He will meet where you are. And He will provide to you with His thoughtfulness, with his faithfulness, so that he gives you the comfort, the provision, the assurance that you need as a disciple of the Lord. You might be sharing the gospel with someone, but looks like no result. You might be serving, self serving at the back end, but looks like maybe nobody noticed you, notice, uh, notice about you. You may be pouring out your love to someone but you receive no response. You're getting impatient. Well, you may be also worrying about the shortfall in your finance and say, how can I serve God? 
when I have so much need in my own life. But let's be encouraged of this, that Jesus is always there to meet you. He's watching over you. You can trust Him. His love is more than enough. His grace is more than enough. His power and provision is more than enough for you. I can testify that God has been always there to meet my needs. When I came out full-time to serve the Lord, I declare my faith to God, my Abba Father. I say, God, I know you will provide everything that I need. As I left my secular job to serve you full-time, I even pray to God that, God, I believe even the expenses to deliver my baby and my confinement expenses will be provided. You can ask God anything that you need. I'm telling my sons, my sons are here. Your expenses are all provided by God because He is so faithful. God never shortchanges us who follow Him and He will never do so. Such a privilege to serve under the good master. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, there's an interesting part of this story that we would not want to miss. That when John recognized Jesus, he exclaimed, It is the Lord. And as Peter heard it, immediately he wrapped around himself his outer garment and he jumped into the water. He's so eager to meet the Lord. And the Bible tells us that the distance between the boat and the shore was about 100 yards. It's about 90 or 91 meters. Not too far and not too near. And yet Peter jumped into the water. You can see how passionate he was for, Peter, for Jesus. However, at the same time, there might be a sense of guilt and brokenness in Peter that was torturing him. Why? As we rewind back the time to the night of the Last Supper, Jesus was telling Peter that he would deny him. What was Peter's response at the time? Wow. He declared in front of all the disciples and he said, even if I have to die with you, Lord, Lord, I will not disown you. Wow, he declared loud and clear. But true enough, on the night that Jesus was arrested, Peter denied Jesus three times and as the rooster crowed, Peter went out and wept bitterly. He knew that he has failed Jesus. So this brings us to the second part of the story. Jesus never condemned Peter. And Jesus wants Peter to know that. So what did Jesus do? Allow me to invite my good friend, Pastor Doni, <laughs> to come out to do a demonstration with me. And my logon, please help. Imagine 
that Pastor Donny, you want to be Peter or Jesus? <laughs> Peter, ah? <laughs> Let me be Jesus then. Okay, come, Peter. <laughs> Why are you so funny? <laughs> okay, so I'm Jesus, okay. So, wow, I cook breakfast for them. Do you like the fish? Isn't it nice? Yeah. So, Peter, son of John. Hey, son of John. Son of Simon. <laughs> son of Simon. I'm so excited to have my good friend. Yeah. Peter, son of John. Peter, son of Simon. Peter, Simon. Peter, Simon. <laughs> I'm testing him, you know. Lord, forgive me. <laughs> Peter. Do you love me more than these two? Lord, you know that I do. Feed my lamb. Fish? Lamb. <laughs> Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I do. Take care of my sheep. Yes, Lord. Peter, do you truly love me? I uh, burn. Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Okay, okay, good. Fit my sheep. Thank you, Pastor Donnie. <laughs> Such a good actor. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, compared to the serious note, <laughs> Jesus' approach actually allowed Peter to go through the inner struggle and come to a firm assurance. Like, ding! Yes, I love my Lord. And Peter came to the assurance that Jesus knew that he loves him. Jesus knew him perfectly. Peter no longer need to boast about his love in front of everyone. He no longer need to convince others that he can be counted on. His security now rests at a deeper foundation that Christ knew him, that Christ knows that he loved him dearly. So these three rounds of affirmation negated the three rounds of denial. With this affirmation comes the recommission that Jesus reiterated to Peter again that feed my sheep. By now, Peter will have gained his confidence to follow Jesus and ready to receive the sheep that God is about to send to him. What a wonderful restoration of faith that we witness. So how does it apply to us? Let me ask you, have you ever denied Jesus? <gasps> All the time. Thank you for your honest confession. I must confess that I have missed many opportunities in my life. I've been, I had shared a little bit about the Bible with my grandma. 
but I never dare to ask her to ask her directly whether she wants to accept Jesus. Because she stayed with my uncles and aunties. I was the first to accept Jesus in my family. And I was afraid that I would be reprimanded. So one day on the way back from church service, I received a phone call that my grandma has passed away in her sleep. I was immersed with guilt. I was actually prompted to visit her a few days before she passed on. But I was so busy with a project, the time I was with the Christian NGO, I was so busy with the project that it not that prompting. And I thought, I can visit her another day. So that night, I knew before her body, and I cried, and I really wept bitterly. I asked her to forgive me, although I know she would never hear me again. And I asked God for forgiveness. God has restored me with his love, with his grace. Today, when electricians come to my house, the plumber, the pest control guy, I will share with them of my faith. I will invite them to pray to Jesus. A few days ago, my, my cousin's daughter called me and she, she wants to uh, uh, ask me whether we'd like to hear her introduce to me about an, an insurance package. I pray for her actually over the phone and I invite her to come to church and invite her to come to our young adults fellowship. God has restored me. Brothers and sisters, if Jesus asks you now, do you truly love me? How would you answer? You might have failed God in somewhere. You might feel that you are inadequate to serve in somewhere. But remember that as God called you, his grace is more than enough for you. He loves you the same, regardless of your failure or weakness. He receives you as you are. He accepts you as you are. He accepts your love, no matter how. And His grace will be poured out to you freely, generously. You can come to Him without fear and be restored of your love for the Lord. And look at the scars at his hand and his feet. They are there for our sake. And look into his eyes. He loves you like no one else on earth has ever did. So let's pursue God's calling with passion. Let's pursue him with confidence. Include Shepherding the people around you, not only in church, but at your home, in your office, in your school, in your college, in your community, in the marketplace. They are all people around you. When you are there, you are like the shepherd because you know Christ. You carry the love of the Lord with you. 
if a colleague doesn't know how to do her work, guide her. If your classmate falls sick, care for him. If there's a church brother that lost his job, pray for him and help him to find a job. If you do not know how to go about it, pray, seek the Lord for wisdom. Remember that God always provides. If you feel alone in helping someone, bring along someone to go alongside you in helping him and her. Because God's heart always reaches out to the brokenhearted. If you want to help someone that needs your care, God will surely provide. We come to the third part of the story. As Jesus indicated to Peter that his love for him, that his commitment to pursue the mission are going to cost Peter's own life. Jesus says to Peter, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Then he still say to him, follow me. As a follower of Jesus, we receive grace freely, but it does cost us when we carry our own cross because we are going against the forces of the world. Yet what awaits us is the eternal glory in the presence of God. Real disciples live a radical life with a radical love for Jesus. We see that on the day of the Pentecost, when the uh, disciples were baptized in the Spirit, Peter was the first one that raised his voice and preached courageously to the crowd. And remember what he said. He said, everyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. So much zeal for the Lord Jesus in Peter's ministry. And we can also see Peter's shepherding heart through his letters to the early church. In 1 Peter 5, verse 2 to 4, when he appeared to the church elders, he said, Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing. As God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve not loading it over those entrusted to you, but being assembled to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. You can see how much Peter loves the sheep that God entrusted to him. Not to control the sheep, not to lord over them, not to suppress them, but to set them free, to feed them, care for them, love them, and to protect them. Just as Jesus came, not to be served, but to serve. Honestly, shepherding is a hard work. I believe the pastors here and the leaders here will say yes. No lah. <laughs> Maybe not to you lah. But shepherding is a hard work. You do not only sweat you will, only, you will also tear 
for the ship. Since I joined the Chinese ministry last year, I have to ask God for a bigger heart. I have to ask God to increase my love for the people. God, increase my patience. And God, please increase the humility in me. Because God, I really need that. Have you ever experienced caring for people? You pray for them. You call them, you text them. No, you you, you uh, uh, keep on you know, interceding for them. And yet you receive no response. Huh? If you look at your WhatsApp, wow. All the part is, it were you who testing, but you no response. Huh? Maybe, maybe it does not happen uh, huh? to this congregation. Uh, praise the Lord. I also ask God for wisdom, how to handle certain tricky situations, situations that is very fragile and sensitive. I really need God's mercy. But it is so fulfilling to shepherd the flock. This one I can hear a big amen. 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 Hallelujah. Relationship takes time. Yeah, we know that. And slowly, I start to see people opening up themselves. I see them to, to demonstrate more joy in their life. Their faith increase. They know God better. And they're overcoming strongholds in their life. And the most rewarding part is I see them grow in their love with Jesus. Hallelujah. That is the joy of serving the Lord, of serving the people. Well, serving God with sacrifice really brings you real joy. And you say, sacrifice? Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Try it out. And you will testify alongside me. Because sacrificial love is our DNA. It's in our DNA. Because we are created by who? We're created by God who sacrificed himself for us. Lord Jesus laid down his life for our sake. And God called us to imitate him. So as you pursue the mission of Christ with love, with courage, with sacrifice, you will find real joy. Because that's why you created to be. Therefore, if you have been laboring for the Lord, I, I, I encourage you to be more passionate about it. If you have not tasted the meaning of sacrifice in following Jesus, may the Lord challenge you today to do it intentionally. Ask God for opportunity to serve. You can ask pastors and leaders here. I believe they will have ample experience to share with you. And they can guide you along how to serve the Lord with your life. You're going to embark on a very, very fruitful journey. So as we come to the end of the message, I would like to invite the worship team to come on stage as we like to minister to all of you, 
I would like to encourage, encourage you to trust in the Lord for His divine provision in your life, in your ministry. Jesus will meet you where you are. Just like how He has guided the disciples to catch the fish and He provided the breakfast for them. Jesus will meet you where you are. He knows your needs and He will provide to them abundantly above all that you can imagine or ask. And look at Peter who has demonstrated to us the life of a disciple fully restored by the Lord Jesus. His security, his confidence now lay at the foundation that Jesus accepts him as he is. Jesus knew him perfectly. Jesus accepts us as we are. He accepts our love together with our failure, together with our weakness because He's always there to restore us, to renew us, to continue pursue the call with a passionate love for the Lord. And just as Peter pursued a mission with courage and sacrifice, I would like to invite you to step up in your commitment to the Lord. Be more passionate for Him. Be hopeful. Be zealous for the Lord. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. That's where you can find true joy in life. Because you are created to love. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.